hello hi how are you i'm very good we've been talking for like 25 minutes <laughs> nothing that anyone would ever want to listen to yeah no it's pretty much just our own nonsense but you know but catching up on life yeah catching up on life we don't see each other as often we pretty much only see each other to do this podcast <laughs> And for Halloween stuff. Yeah, that's literally... And birthdays. I mean, I guess we've seen it Hall- a lot. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I saw you Sunday, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so do you want to just jump head first into our stories? Let's jump head first. Okay. I'm going first this week, right? Yes. Okay. So I have kind of a long one. Okay. But I'm, I I really, really liked it. I actually heard um, Christine do it on And That's Why We Drink. Uh-huh. And it's one of those stories that when I was listening to it, I feel like my mouth was constantly hitting the floor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to do this. What's story. it about? What's it about? It's called The Watcher. Okay, it's not what I was thinking. No. Okay, what did you think it was? I have a I have a story that like I came across someone talking about it, and I don't remember the exact name. But if you would have told me like the name, I would have remembered. But it's it's a very intricate like mm-hmm. crime that people can't explain anything about. Ooh, okay, that's kind of what this one is. Okay. But um, I was going to do the Golden State Killer. I even texted Joey oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and was like, what should I do? Should I do the Golden State or um, Jack the Ripper? And she's like, do the Golden State. And I was like, okay. And then I was like about to start it and I was listening to this at work and I was like, I have to do this one. <laughs> so this is it. Okay? okay. So my first point is picture it. New Jersey, 2014. I was there. In New Jersey in 2014? Yeah, I'm pretty positive it was oh, 2014. Oh, yeah, that was that year, wasn't it? I was there in two- yeah. Oh well, my gosh, whatever. You died. You're a ghost. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but I, I I put that point because I was thinking, picture it, Sicily. But I don't oh, know yeah, why yeah, that yeah. was in my head. But anyway, I said, okay, seriously, though, I'm just going to warn you. I don't know why these notes are this way. I think I'm becoming more confident in myself because these notes. You got lots of jokes. Yeah, I think I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot, but like some of them. Okay. But in 2014, Derek and Maria Broadus bought 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey for $1.3 million. Okay? Okay. The home was pretty much everything they wanted it to be. It was near the house Maria grew up in, and Derek had worked his way up, like, the ladder at mm-hmm. work and was at an insurance company. And so he's senior vice president, and he, like, finally got enough salary to where they could move. <laughs> to where it's they a could bat. Move. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Mm-hmm. It's spooky. Freaking bats. Freaking bats. Um. Anyway, they finally made enough money to where a salary was large enough to be able to afford, like, a bigger home. So they bought the house, um, like, right after his 40th birthday. And I put, which, like, is that a midlife crisis? Or (laughs) (laughs) Um, they had three kids. They were 5, 8, and 10. And they were all really excited about the move. And, like, they were when they were looking at the house, all the kids were debating which of the house's fireplaces Santa Claus would come down. Oh, that was cute. I was going to say, oh, they were taking dibs on the rooms because no. that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, same. No. Uh-huh. But they were like, oh, like, which which Santa, uh, fireplace thinks them. Santa would come down? Like, isn't that cute? That is really cute. Um, the house itself was built in 1905, and it was 3,920 square feet on about half an acre. Yeah. It was, that's a lot of house for half an acre. I know. That's what I thought, too. But it was six bedrooms, and it was a colonial home in a very affluent suburb. Mm, okay. That's why. Yeah. So the Rodduses didn't move in right away because they wanted to renovate the home because mm-hmm. it was built so long ago, and it's just time for some updates. Mm-hmm. This is 2014. It wasn't that long ago. So three days after closing, Derek was at the home painting, and he decided to call it quits for the night and to go get the mail. Okay. 
And there wasn't a lot of mail because they just moved in, but there was an a-, a letter addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner. And inside was typed a note that read, this <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> is, a, this gets, it's wild. Dearest, it is, dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Why don't they live there? If they're going to keep watch over this house. It's a whole morn. It's wild. Oh, man. It sounds wild. It is. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. This sounds like some crap from, like, Saw. Like, oh, we're going to have a party. I'm watching you. Yep. And it was signed The Watcher. Like, that's how he signed it. The Watcher. Oh, my word. Yeah. I'd be calling the police and be like, all right, I need some surveillance 24-7. Right. Well, that's pretty much what Derek did. He flipped. So it was already after 10 p.m. by you the know, time. It's, it's 2014. Like, I feel like they could figure out who that is now. You would think. But... Derek said, nope, and ran around the house turning... That's what I would do. <laughs> what would do? Okay, nope. That's a no from me. So he ran around the house turning all the lights off so no one could see in, and then he called the police department. Uh, when an officer... That's what I do. I'm like, nobody can see in this yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, no. lights on. You can't see, so <laughs> nothing can happen to me. But he called the police officer, and the officer arrived and read the letter. He was like, what the F is this? <laughs> <laughs> At least he wasn't like, ah, oh, it's just a ring. Blah, no, blah, blah. he literally was like... Wow. What the F is this? And then he was like, homie, you got any enemies? You might want to move some of this construction to the back porch so the watcher brother doesn't throw it through a window. That's how I wrote the notes. That's, <laughs> that is so true, though. So Derek, you know, moved the stuff on the front porch to the back so no one would smash the windows in. Mm-hmm. And then he rushed back to his wife and kids because they were still living in their old home. Okay. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. They weren't all there yet. So he and his wife, Maria, emailed the couple who sold them the home to ask them if they knew who the watcher could be and, you know, like why they had written, do you need to fill the house with the blood I have requested? Because requested is a pretty obvious, like, I have obviously talked about this to somebody else. And Hmm. Andrea, the wife, answered the next morning and said the letter was kind of weird, but they'd never received anything like it. Liar. Right? Well, she said in the 23 years they lived there, They'd never received anything like that until a few days before the Broadduses bought the house. Ah. The letter was similar, but they thought it was a prank and threw it away. Anybody that signed their name, The Watcher, no. I'd be like, have you been watching us for 23 years? Like, Oh, I'm sure they had. Like, that's so well, uncomfortable. I guess they said, like, my dad watched the house in, in this the 60s, decade. Yeah. Maybe not the entire time. 
Mm, I don't know. It's hard to believe it wouldn't be the entire town. Yeah. Well, a lot of people Maybe thought... Maybe that's what, you want, what they want you to believe. They're not always watching. Right, the only but sometimes. now they are. <laughs> um, it's the, you know, the weeks that followed this first letter was, like, really stressful because everyone was like, what? Mm-hmm. So Derek canceled a work trip and Maria kept a really close eye on the kids like especially when they were at the new home working like mm-hmm. the kids couldn't even they said like they couldn't even get to the side of the grass before she was like oh, calling yeah. for her kids and um, i don't know that i'd let them be outside the house i don't like, think i would bring you them could to the new house that child yeah like i don't think i would ever i wouldn't bring either but like house. i understand when you don't have like child care all the time but. yeah that's true that's true i don't know i think we would be go going one at a time like mm-hmm. well that's safe unsafe too i don't know I don't know. I don't want to be in this situation. No, no. Yeah, they didn't want the new neighbors to think they were unsociable, but they didn't want their family to be in danger. Yeah, because, like, every neighbor that came over to introduce themselves, I'd be like, "Mm mm-mm, you. It's you. Right? Well, which is even crazier is Derek invited some of the neighbors to inspect the work they were doing in the home. Like, maybe he thought, like, well, what if I can, like, pick them out? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it said, like, on one of the visits, um, a couple came to, like, you know see the renovations and the wife made like mention of how nice it'd be to have some young blood in the neighborhood and like young blood was mentioned (laughs) yeah so he was like (laughs) no one's i can forget i forget no one can see us yeah um another occurrence during this time span um was a contractor arrived to work and he realized that like he had hammered in a heavy sign in the front yard and the next morning it was ripped out of the yard like someone had Mm. ripped it up and then two weeks later, Maria stopped by the house to look at some paint samples and to pick up the mail. And you already know what she found. Another, another letter. One. Another one. Yeah. It was dress, addressed to Derek and Maria directly and read, Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. Right? And then, like, as if that's not creepy enough... He kept boasting about how much he learned about the family and especially the kids, and he identified them in birth order by their nicknames, which they didn't give us that part of the letter because I think they wanted to keep the kids' right, names yeah. and everything safe. But nicknames, good lord. Yeah, and he said, I am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often enough. And he even asked about one of the, the kids in particular because he had apparently seen her using an easel like, mm-hmm. to paint. Um, out in their like enclosed porch and he said is she the artist in the family and then after he said that the letter continued 657 boulevard is anxious for you to move in it has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house have you found all the secrets it holds yet will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone i would be very afraid if i were them it is far away from the rest of the house if you were upstairs you would never hear them scream Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the last three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. 
have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. But what? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many questions. So this, like, to me, it's almost like a cross between paranormal and uh, a murderer because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what lies in the walls and, like, I'd be afraid. Okay, but, like, he's never quite – like, he says he's planning, but, like, it's also weird because – it almost sounds like there's ghosts living in I there. I know. Like, and like, you know how like, what people would you be sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. newborns. Like, it feels like that's what's coming, like happening. I know. But also like, he's clearly just watching and it's either, it has to be someone who lives near because there's no way you can spend that much time watching. Right. And like not being able to like sleep and do your own things at home. Right. So he's got to live close. That's what And I'm assuming he's retired to. considering he's got all this time to watch. <laughs> so he's got to be older is your thing, right? Oh my gosh. So... After the second letter, they freak out, obviously. Well, and he's, they... also, he's obviously older because he's been watching for two decades, at least. Right. And you can't be, like, ten mm-hmm. watching. So. <laughs> I've been watching for nearly two decades. Well, that would make you 20, right? Two, a decade is ten years. But were you watching as an infant? Oh, I see. So that was my point. <laughs> um, ba-da-ba. So they freak out, and they don't want to bring the kids to the house anymore because, obviously, like, mm-hmm. he's called them out by name. He's, like, even mentioned, like, the activities he sees the kids doing. And they're like, dude, should we even move in at this point? I feel like this is, like, a good plot for a movie. Has it has it been made into a movie? Well, okay, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, they were like, Which, dude, we don't even want to move in. But, like, they didn't make any decisions to move in or to move it or, my God, to move mm. in or sell it. They were, however, invited to a barbecue across the street. And they spent their time there scanning all the neighbors who attended. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, you're, now they're like, oh, we're going to go, but we're going to go and we're going to, like, Listen see if out, anyone, yeah. yeah. Is like, you know, talks to us about anything weird, whatever. So at some point during this time, Derek struck up a conversation with John Schmidt, which is a neighbor who lived two doors down from them. So there was one house in between. And during the conversation, good old Johnny revealed the family who lived in the home between them was the Langford family. Mm-hmm. So um, it was Peggy Langford, who was 90. She owned the home and shared the home with seven of her several of her adult children who were all at least 60. That's already weird. Right. I was going to say, it either has to be someone, like, across the street that can look in the windows Mm -hmm. or, like, somebody next to them. But I don't know why I'm thinking that it's wooded around them. It probably isn't, considering it's a suburb. I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I I could – I see where you're coming. I would think that, too. Um, You know, John calls the family eccentric but says, like, eh, but they're not – you know, like, they're weird, but they're not, like, a threat. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, he calls I beg to differ. right. He calls the youngest of the character of the characters of the children. His name is Michael, so he's like at least sixty. Uh, okay, okay. But his name is Michael, and he's described as kind of a Boo Radley character. Okay. So he's a little weird, but you know, not harmful. But because the Langford house was next to the easel on the porch. Mm-hmm. which was mentioned in the letters. Uh, the family had lived there since the 60s, which is also mentioned. You know, the Watcher's family father yeah. had watched it then. And Richard Langford, the father, had died 12 years earlier. The Watcher said he had been on the job the better part of two decades. Mm-hmm. Derek was convinced the case was solved and it was okay. the next yeah. door neighbors. Yeah, I see that. Right. So the Broadus has told Detective Lugo about their suspicions, which is the detective that... Read the first letter. Oh, my God. I think I skipped something. Did I tell you that Andrea told them they didn't get anything? Yeah. And that the next day they went to – no, I didn't tell you. I skipped this one point. So after 
they thought it was a prank. The next, the day that she got the email, they went to the police station to talk to a detective. And they, Andrea Woods. Andrea went with the, with Maria. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so the, they, they the went together. The tenant and the new tenant. Yeah, went they together. went to the police station. I, I somehow missed that. My notes must be too small. <laughs> and they That's told. Okay, I skipped over line the other day. Yeah, and they told them not to mention any of the letters to anyone because all of the new neighbors were not suspects. Right. So. Obviously, they're all suspects, but when I said Detective Lugo, I realized I hadn't said that name out loud yet. So, um, anyway, so the Broda says, go back to the police station after they talk to John and get all this information about the Langford family. Mm-hmm. Are we all caught up? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Just, John. No, it's, right. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> no, but he, um, Detective Lugo is like, okay, I know about the Langford family. I had already actually questioned Michael. He, you know, denies knowing anything about the letters. And well, yeah, you can deny till you're blown in the face. But right? Why is that what we go on? And he <laughs> says he didn't believe him, but there was no hard evidence, so they couldn't, Do there was anything, nothing they could yeah. charge him with, and they couldn't just keep him for nothing. So, you know, during this time, though, of, like, working with the police and trying to figure out, like, the whole thing, there was another letter that was delivered. This one read, 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. So someone's obsessed. Someone's crazy. That right? doesn't even make sense. Like it's turned against me. How? What's different now? I have the no paint? clue. Well, like, I think he was really like the whoever this person is. They're very disturbed by the fact that it's like changing. Because mm-hmm. he makes mention to like leave it alone. Stop changing it like. And then, like, they stopped bringing the kids. So I think in this person's mind, like, the house specifically itself brought it, him a treat by bringing him children. Mm-hmm. And then when the Broadus stopped bringing their children around, he was like, oh, the house is turning on me. Because okay, well, um, children. you did this. Right. You're crazy. If you would have shut up and not sent them any letters, they would have lived there already. Yeah. So the Broadduses were obviously pretty mad that, like, the police weren't going anywhere with this mm-hmm. because... I'd be, too. They're threatening their family and their kids, you know? And they're clearly watching. Right. And they're not leaving them alone. Like, they keep getting letters. So, um, Derek decides he's going to take things into his own hands. He sets up webcams, and he spends the nights crouched in the dark watching to see if there's anyone watching the house at crouched close range. In the dark. I literally, like, see him, like, crouched with, like... In little... the middle of a room. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> like in the bushes. Like, with those little, like, <laughs> night goggles. <laughs> um, at one point, though, he even asks a priest to bless the house. Which is how I see where you get the paranormal yeah. thing. Or, well, because it's like, things are in the walls. And right, right. The house itself is alive to it. So that, yeah. yeah. So they decide to hire a private investigator. And there he was pretty much useless, to be honest. So Derek went one step further and reached out to an old high school friend who was a former FBI agent. And they hired another former FBI agent named Robert Lanahan, and they were going to conduct a threat assessment. Okay. So they claimed that the watcher was unlikely to act on his threats, but the letters were erratic, so there was no certainty that he, couldn't, he would not act erratically as well. They didn't want to say, like, 
he's not going to do anything, move in. And then something right. happened to him and Derek and his family. Mm-hmm. So they decide again to question Michael, but they were told by his sister Sandy that he had been diagnosed with schizophrenia when he was younger. Mm. And that sometimes he would spook the newbies to the neighborhood because he'd do really weird things like walk through their backyard or peek through their windows and... Send weird letters. Right. (laughs) So they were still unable to pin it on Michael or any of the other Langfords, so they were forced to look into other suspects. And when they realized they couldn't pin it on them, they found two child sex offenders within a few blocks of the home. And the house painter, Bill Woodward, noticed the house behind them they, like, put chairs close to the Broadus's house mm. that faced their home. Okay. And he noticed someone, like, sitting out there watching their I'm home. Like, you didn't care to tell me this before? Well, I think it was the first <laughs> okay, time okay. that he had seen it. And he was like, just so you guys know. Because, like, he knew about the letters like and stuff. This. Right. Like, little heads up. But um, none of these leads led anywhere. And by this time, the investigation was starting to attract attention and rumors, like, among neighbors and among but just, also, like, the city. why do you want your chairs to face the neighbor's house and just sit there and watch? You wouldn't. That's why it's suspicious. Because right. I purposely avoid looking at other people. <laughs> well, like, I just don't understand. Even if it was completely, like, a innocent coincidence that you did that, why it's would you weird. ever do yeah. that? <laughs> it's weird, for sure. But, so, you know... None of these are going anywhere. At this point, Derek and Maria are, like, really stressed and, like, getting depressed. And, like, Derek has to take medication just to fall asleep now. Yeah, and, I would too. Right? And Maria was diagnosed with PTSD mm-hmm. from, like, all the letters and the anxiety of it. So they decided to sell the house. And this is six months after the first letter. Mm-hmm. All right? So when they first put the house on the market, they asked for a higher price than they paid because right. of all the renovations they had made. And, um... You know, because all the local gossip, no one wanted to buy the home. Right. And the rumors, like, actually dissuaded some people who loved the way the house looked and everything about it from... But yeah, nobody wants to live in fear. Right. So, you know, despite their struggles to sell the house, the Roddices insisted on telling the truth and being honest with interested buyers Mm -hmm. because, you know, they wanted to be honest, like, look, we're we're getting these letters. Mm -hmm. But this obviously didn't help them sell the house. So they lowered their price, asking price, but... When bids were made, they were way, way, way below their price and even, like, the market price. Mm-hmm. And so the Broadduses couldn't take that big of a financial blow. They physically yeah. couldn't afford it. I'd be putting up, like, military-grade walls, <laughs> bars right? on the windows. Right. Um, on June second, two 2015, so it was just a year after their purchase, the Broadduses, feeling like it was their only option left, they filed a lawsuit against the previous owners, the Woods. Mm. Because the law requires full disclosure uh, about serious offenses committed within any home. And they claim the law also covered the letter the Woods received prior Mm -hmm. to closing, but didn't disclose to them. Which I could, if the Woods are telling the truth that they had only received one letter in their entire 23 years time that they lived there, I feel like that would be unfair. I mean, I know you feel like you have nothing else you can do, but I feel like that would be really unfair when, like, you're, like, we got one letter in the 23 years we lived there. And And we didn't think it was a big deal. And we were moving. like Yeah. And, yeah, maybe it was a prank. Well, the lawsuit didn't go anywhere. Okay. So it's not like that, like. That's kind of unfair to take it out on. Yeah. If that's the case. If they were receiving more, I could, yeah. Yeah, no, it didn't go anywhere, but. Um, during the time that they were filing it, they wanted to reach just a quiet agreement because at this point they still hadn't told their kids about the watcher. Mm. So they were like, you know, we don't want this to get 
out there. We want it to stay quiet. We don't want our kids to know that they're being watched. Their lawyer told them at most a small legal news wire might pick up the story. So naturally it went viral. Of course. Right. Many accused them. Their lawyer probably said that because they're like, I'm going to tip off some people. Right. (laughs) No, no, don't worry. It'll be fine. It's a really small network called CNN. Right. No one's going to read about it. Um, many people accuse them of lying and trying to gain attention for money and fame, a la Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. And others called them wimps for not moving in. And, like, I even read this okay. one. I didn't copy I'm just it. concerned for the safety of my children. Right. No big deal. Another one, like, somebody, like, sent them a letter and was like, you guys are pretty much such big babies. I would never allow a terrorist to stop me from moving into my home. And they were like, we don't want our kids to die. Like... A terrorist. I know. Okay, I but if know. Osama bin Laden was living in your basement, I think you'd want to get <laughs> you out. You would leave, okay? <laughs> um, the Broadduses tried to squash the rumors, but, you know, to no avail. They refused to speak to any media. Any media. <laughs> any media. And, um, but they still had to sit down with their kids and tell them the truth because at this point it was getting out there. Right. And their kids were scared. They asked them questions that was, they weren't easy to answer questions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, However, the town was still in an uproar, but the cops were like, sorry, we've done all we can do and exhausted all of our resources, but everyone on the street was like, say what now? Because you ain't talked to me. <laughs> That's why everyone else, they're like, we don't know what else to tell you. We've exhausted all of our resources. And, and all like, the neighbors uh... were like, we've never heard from you. Well, at least they were on their side. Well... Not really. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I don't know why you would just put it out there if you, like, didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I would never be like, yeah. well, you didn't question me unless, like, right. I cared. Well, I think they were just saying, like, well, the police never talked to us, so I think the Broadduses are blowing it out of proportion. Like, this uh, isn't serious. They're just start, trying to, like, stir up, mm-hmm. you know. But um, the case was gaining so much attention that the police department was like, yo, can you help us to veteran detective Baron Shambliss? Right. Okay. So this is my next point. I don't know why I didn't understand that sentence until I like said it back in my head slowly. Okay. I'm sorry. You're really. I not didn't realize it was like one. a. It was a vet. Like I don't know why I didn't. Catch yeah, yeah. It. It he was, was a name. Okay. Yeah. Go he's ahead. Baron Shambliss. So my next point reads exactly like this. So Shambliss was like, "Yeah, my dudes, let's crack this case open like it's a six pack on a Saturday night somewhere in rural America." <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny. It is funny. Anyway. Let's crack this case open. Like a I like it. Thank you. He discovered that the investigators had conducted a DNA analysis of one of the envelopes, and the DNA um, belonged to, drumroll please, Michael, a woman. Ooh. Ooh. You just kept saying he in I know. the like, beginning of the story that I was like, okay, so well, it's a dude. Well, because they kept referring to him yeah. as a he. Okay. So um, I, his name is um, Baron Shambliss, but I wrote him as Seabliss. So C, like C, Bliss. Yeah. Um, He was like, hmm, maybe it's Michael's other sister, Abby. She was a real estate agent, and he thought maybe she was kind of mad about missing a commission next door because they live next to them. So she's a real estate agent. As in the 657. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got a security guard that worked at her job to steal a plastic water bottle of hers to test her Mm -hmm. DNA, but it wasn't a match. That's also, I think, illegal. Well, not if you're a detective. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's illegal. I feel like when you're a police and you do things, it's... No, I mean police. They still do illegal things. You said police? Police? I love it. 
No, you said when you're a police. When you're a police. <laughs> um, so the Langfords were officially ruled out as suspects. Dang. Right? So at this time, another family in the neighborhood admitted to police that they had received some similar letters. And this revelation led to... Who would hide that? Well, I don't think they knew it was such a big deal until, like... But if you receive similar letters, don't you think you'd be like, oh, yay, hey, yo. Right. What, what is this? Right. So this revelation led to um, Shambliss and his partner sticking out the street one night. Okay. And this night particularly, around 11 p.m., um, a car pulled up in front of the house and remained there long enough to arouse their suspicions. So they traced the vehicle to a woman in a nearby town. When they asked why she was there, she said her boyfriend lived on the same block. Um, this was true. And when questioned further, she told them her boyfriend was into a video game that included a specific character called The Watcher. Ba-da-da-da. Okay. Your face is so, like... I'm, like, so disappointed right now. <laughs> You're going to hate me at the end of this story. So the boyfriend agrees to come in for an interview, but he bails both times. Of course. And they Naturally. don't have any evidence to force him to come in, and the media attention was, like, declining, so they just dropped the case. What? Against the boyfriend. Right. <laughs> like roiding so out many over feelings. here. <laughs> um, a lot of drama, you know, ensued with the neighborhood, and people insisted that the Broadduses sent the letters to themselves. So they tested Maria's DNA, and there was no match. Surprise! Right. Regardless, people still believed it was a scam. So, know. right. They had to borrow, the Broadduses had to borrow money from family to purchase a second home. And in 2016, they put the house on the market again, and the real estate agent agent was like, look, you ain't getting any money from this house. No one's going to buy it. So, But if it's such a scam, why does everyone think that it... Ugh. Right. So he's like, you should sell it to a developer. They can tear it down and build two different, you know, apartment complexes or condos or whatever. Yeah, and then they can't watch everyone. Right. Right. So when the town found out about this, it they flipped out. And they were like, no, you can't do this, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, whatever. But in 2017, which is like... A Fine, I'll months, burn the house down. Right. No one can live no in it. No one lives in it now. Um, but because of the crazy people, in 2017, the board denied their request to sell to a developer. So they didn't even get to... They didn't even get to do anything. So they couldn't do anything else, so they rented the home out. Okay. But, yeah, okay. And the price wasn't fully covered. It was quite a bit lower than they mm-hmm. needed, but it was better than nothing. Um, they had to, did I already say they had to borrow money from family to yes. purchase a second home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they're like. Really in the hole. Yeah. So two weeks after they moved in, the people they rented from, or the people that were renting it, they moved in. Two weeks later, they received a letter. And this is, at this point, two and a half years since this had all began. Mm-hmm. It was addressed, <clears throat> violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his winch of a wife, Maria. So when they, Derek came by to be like, how's everything going? They were like, oh, you guys got a letter. <laughs> and that's how it was addressed on we the outside. Some, metal, uh, some mail for you. Right. So the rest of the letter reads, you wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over the neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 
657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. And then there is some other stuff mm-hmm. that we don't get missing from the letter that they didn't share. Okay. And then it's towards the end of the letter, though, he, like, threatens revenge. And he's like, he says, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. And then he ended the letter completely with, You are despised by the house and the watcher won. So what? I'm so confused. It's like, we want you here. We want the young blood. Oh, also, you you left and we hate you. And like, I'm very confused. Yep. Is that all there is? So to this day, Broadduses rent the home because no one will buy it, and it's never been solved. The investigation is still ongoing. I hate you. Why did you tell me this story? (laughs) But hey, Netflix is going to make a movie about it, so. Oh my goodness. I know. I'm sorry it was so long. No, it's so interesting, but like, I'm so confused. It's like it wanted them there, but it also wanted to kill them. But then it hates them for the house despises you and you mm-hmm. left even though I drew you away. But that means I won. Like, I'm so confused. It's very, very confusing. I'm convinced it is the guy who plays video games. I'm convinced that it's someone who... Well, it has to be someone said, close in the neighborhood. Yeah, it, has to, it has to be. Plus, they said telescopes and stuff. Yeah, but the guy lived, the guy who plays the video games lived in the neighborhood. Yeah, but also, like... What if that neighbor just talked to that guy once at a barbecue and he said, yeah, I really like to play this video game. It's called blah, blah, blah. Yeah, There's that's a character. true. And then it's like, that's my name. That's true. But but at the same time, the DNA on the envelope, the spit, it's it a was lady. a lady. So but, Exactly. So it couldn't be the boyfriend. But and it could then, have been his girlfriend. True. But it just, but she didn't live there. So maybe he was just like, hey, lick these envelopes for me. <laughs> True. I like envelopes for Brittany all the time. True. She hates the taste, so she makes me lick them. And they are I should some, stop doing sometimes that. Sometimes they're smart like that. She could be sitting there. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe, like, I feel like it's somebody who, like, literally watches over that neighborhood and has been there for a long time. Yeah. And maybe, like, the town had received similar letters. And then, like, every time someone new moves into the house, like, that's where he switches. Well, the previous. And, like, maybe that's how he gets the others to kind of play along. Like, I won't harm you. If you say nothing. Others who? The other neighbors. And you know how he said my, my, con- I don't know that he can say constituents. My sold my army. Oh, my soldiers. Yeah. yeah, yeah and he's yeah. like, they played it perfectly. Like all the neighbors are like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all in an uproar. They were like, you can't, you can't tear down this house. Right. You can't tear down the house and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Or they didn't question us. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe he threatened everyone and then like. It's crazy. If that's the case, like, that's that's a strong leader right there. A scary one, but a strong one. I I read a little... There are obviously people, like, conspiracy theories about it. Right, they have their own ideas. Yeah, they believe that they are detectives. Same. Um, But a lot of people think that they did it for the money. And an an argument to that is, like, the broadest is... Okay, so Lifetime did try to buy it and, like, try to make a movie about it. Oh, the movie. Okay. Yeah, and the broadest is sued them. They were like, you cannot 
make this movie. We're not selling you the rights. Like, we do not want our story out there. Mm-hmm. And so Lifetime was like, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> called The Raven, and the married couple is interracial, so it's not about you. <laughs> Get out. That's literally how they got away with it. Oh, did they make it? Yeah. Oh. So it's called The Raven. But um, a lot of people tried to buy their story, and they didn't want they didn't want anyone they didn't want to sell it to anyone because they didn't right it's not a fun game to them right and then like if they really were trying to do it for money why were they insisting on telling people that were trying to buy the house about the letters but also if they were doing it for money why they go buy another house and try and sell it right that's what I'm, like people are like oh well they just want to make money off the story and they wanted to try to sell it for a bigger price because you know people buy like the conjuring house the amityville house they buy it for a lot of money because of the history the mm-hmm. the paranormal part yeah except nobody wants to buy this house right so then they're like well they wouldn't do it for money i don't think they did it for money i think there's a crazy person somewhere who drew i'm them hoping away. they die soon <laughs> and then like we can all figure it out because then maybe the neighbors would be like well i haven't received a lever in a yeah. while so i mean i really do want to know well i don't think they said like the renters who rent it now they haven't had any letters mm-hmm. except the one that was addressed to derek and maria because they don't mm-hmm. think they have kids i don't know they wouldn't the story that i specifically read I mean, I used a couple different yeah. sources, but this one specifically, I think it was called the, the Cut. Okay. And they, it was very long, and they went into a lot of detail about it. And they said that, like, they would, the renters would not answer phone calls and stuff. They didn't want to talk about it. Right. But I just took up so much time, so everyone's okay. really excited Mine's to hear. Mine's not terribly long. Okay, that's perfect, because mine was... Mine was pretty much as long. But it was a good story. Okay. Such a good story. I know. I was nervous. I was like, I hope she doesn't hate me for how long this is. No, I just hated you for the ending. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. It was so good. I had, you had to experience. I hate those stories. It's like how to make a murderer or making a murderer. That's that one. How to, it's not how to make you a murderer. You went to go with how to, how to get away with murder and making a murderer. How to make a murderer. I haven't even watched how to get away with murder. It's pretty good. It's just in my mind. Um. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's so funny to me. How to make a murder? <laughs> a bad Making mommy and a bad a daddy love each other very much. <laughs> they share a special hug. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. So my story mm-hmm. is on Hotel Monte Vista. Oh my God! I was lit. Okay, go ahead. Did you watch that video I sent you? No. Same girl that does the spooky stuff. She has. A, she has a video on here. Okay, I'll watch it. I literally just listened to somebody do this. Um, the Ghoul Friends, I listened to okay. them too, and they just did this one yesterday oh. in one of the episodes I listened to, and I was like, oh, this is a cool one. I should write it down, but here you are. What's funny, so I don't know how far away Flagstaff is from Phoenix, but okay. Alex wants to go to Phoenix because mm. we want to take a trip together because he's been you know, around the world in 80 days without me. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, he goes to like bachelor parties a lot and stuff. Li- not Weddings. even just that, but literally he's been on so many trips this year that I have yet to be a part of. One. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks because the one that I could have been a part of, I had a bachelorette party that week. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that's and that was to Vegas for a wedding, nonetheless. So that would have been fun. Only anyway. cool if Elvis married them. If what? Elvis married them. No, Alex married them. Yeah. Well, Alex isn't as cool as Elvis, and I'll stand by that till the day I die. <laughs> I will let him know. Um. So anyway, he was like, "Okay, let's take a trip together." Well, he has a friend that lives in Phoenix, and he was like, "We could fly to Phoenix and stay with him, and like you could meet him." Blah blah blah. And we could do, you know, fun stuff. Phoenix stuff. That would be so cool to go stay here, except I don't think he likes this stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be... I don't, don't know if he'd tell be, him. I don't, don't know if he would be <laughs> a big baby or if he would just be like, 
yeah, I don't really believe in this. Don't tell him. Just go there and never tell him until you leave. And then be like, did you experience anything weird? And, he'll be like, and he'll be like, he was like, yeah, somebody tried to murder me in your, my sleep. And you're like, surprise, it was a haunted hotel. Hmm. Surprise, they made you stay in the one room where you feel like that. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So, um, this hotel is in Flagstaff, Arizona. And it was built because tourism started to rise and they needed a place where people could stay in, like, the 20s. It was actually community-owned, and through fundraising and donations, they started building the hotel in 1926. So, like, the whole community owned it. It wasn't, like, a um, one-person-owns-this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the town owned it. Okay. Um, they opened for business on New Year's Day in 1927. The name was actually chosen by a contest winner who was really young, like, 12 years old. Oh. And he named it, or they, I don't know if it was boy or girl. Monte Vista, which means Mountain View, and it is, like, up on top okay. of a mountain. That's cute. That's mm-hmm. a smart 12-year-old, because that would have been, like, name it the penis or something like that. <laughs> Everyone name can it stay the at big the penis. red building. Right. Like, <laughs> I would have not been that. It's the best. I would have not been that creative. No. Um, it remained a community building until the 60s, when it was finally sold to a private owner, and is one of the oldest still-operating hotels in Flagstaff, and as with any historic building... Stop touching that. <laughs> you keep talking with your hands. I know. <laughs> there are many stories that come with it because it's seen many events. So I have oh a few. So what I was talking about with the whole feeling like being murdered, mm-hmm. there, um, this is close to the red light district or was okay. the red light district in the 40s. Um, and two prostitutes were brought to this hotel and they stayed in room 306. And during this time... Um, they were actually killed, mm. and this was on the third floor, and they were thrown from the window. Oh, my God. I know. Um, guests have been, like, they reported being awakened in the middle of the night. Um, they feel like they're being watched. And then males who stay in this room, they report feeling, uh, like, they get awoken in the middle of the night, too, but, like, hands being, they f- feel hands being placed over their mouth or throat, and they, like, they can't move and they can't breathe. They're like, Die. I know, like, especially Literally. the males. <laughs> and, like, that just let you know that's, like, it was a lady. Oh, God. Oh. I know. It freaks me out when ghosts can physically touch and harm. I know. Like, it's one thing to see them and be like, oh, look at that officer mm-hmm. from 1905. <laughs> but it's a different <laughs> thing to be like, die. <laughs> it's a different thing to be like, wow, I feel like I can't breathe. Right. You're actually murdering me. <laughs> Um, so some people who have stayed, including staff, have seen, um, like a, a ghostly couple dancing in the cocktail room, which is just kind of cute. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. It's, this says that, like, they are seen in formal dress, laughing and smiling, eternally dancing. I want to be eternally dancing. Same. No, I'd like to do it in heaven, but. Right. I mean, if I have to be a ghost, though, I always said that I would be really mad if I ended up being a ghost and, like, because I was murdered and I had to relive my murder over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd be livid. This is not what I wanted. No. <laughs> I want a refund. <laughs> I know. Um, now, I don't know how true this is, but it's like mostly staff report hearing the sound of an infant crying in the basement mm-hmm. and like such a like disturbing sound and they like literally have to like run upstairs to escape the sounds of this baby crying. That's how I feel when I hear babies And crying. they don't really have like a story behind that. They just hear it? They That's just, weird. They hear that. Um, there's also, um, there's also been reports of, like, ghosts unscrewing light bulbs or completely taking them out. 
Again, this is like a staff experience, but like they said, oh, you could have like, if a light doesn't work in your room, like make sure that that light bulb is always screwed in. All the maids are going around like unscrewing them <laughs> a little bit. That's a part of their cleaning routine. <laughs> They're just like, God, I hate this part. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've also seen a young boy who wanders the halls and it like, they said that it sometimes sounds like he's walking behind you and um, people who've actually seen him looks like he's like talking to a, a mom almost oh, like, like looking up looking to a mom up. and talking to him. Or to her. Um, there's also a phantom bellboy who, um, he apparently, people have experienced him, someone coming around and knocking on a door and, like, saying, like, room service. Not, like, super clear, but, like, somebody says room service. And then, mm. like, when they open the door, nobody's there, which could be, like, a ding-dong ditch. But I'll believe it. <laughs> um, I'm but, not saying it's a ghost. I'm just saying I would never do that in a hotel. I would get caught. No, no, no. Like, I'm not smart enough to go fast enough down the hall. Yeah. So, they've said that, like, occasionally someone will actually see, like, a young man in a red coat with, like, brass buttons and stuff. But he isn't usually seen. He's just heard. And then um, there's also a story um, that, like, in the 70s there was a bank robbery. Like, three dudes tried to rob this bank. And one of the bank, like a guard or like a person who was there shot one of the guys oh my and they decided that um they were going to stop in the lounge of the hotel to drink and the dude who had been shot was just like sitting there bleeding out and he like literally bled out and died right (laughs) there and then they say that like staff now like or people who are there can hear sometimes like a random voice in the lounge say good morning and no nobody knows who it was oh my god how friendly yeah, and they've seen um, drinks and bar stools move move on their own. That'll be that'll be creepy. That'll be you as a ghost. It's so subtle like, but creepy. It's, like, it does the trick. Yeah, you're like I never need a drink. It's like whenever someone's like contemplating, like, do I drink too much? And they like see alcohol move on their own. It's on, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, yeah, I've, I'm past the limit. I'm I'm done with alcohol forever. Yeah, you're like not knowing it's haunted. <laughs> that would be me. Um, there was also call there's somebody called the meat man he supposedly (laughs) stayed in room 220 in the 80s hold on hold on the meat man (laughs) so it gets better okay okay. he was a long-term boarder so he was there for like a couple at Mm -hmm. least a couple days like zach and cody and yeah and had a weird habit of stringing raw meat from the chandelier i don't ask me why (laughs) but he wasn't when he died in the room, he wasn't found for three days after. Probably because they were like, oh, yeah, it always smells like raw meat in there. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, That's disgusting. Well. The meat man. You know. Oh. So a guy, a maintenance guy was in there, like, working. This was, like, way later. Like, he's been found. Blah, blah, blah. He was working on a few repairs, and... um. He needed to leave the room to go get something. And when he came back, apparently, like, the TV was on at the full volume. All the lights were on. The sheets were, like, ripped up and, like, all over the room. Mm, like, just the whole room was a wreck. And um, they said that now it is not uncommon for the TV to come on like that. Ew. But, like, the, um, the, the sheets stay intact. But they mm. said that um, people have reported, like, feeling cold hands on them, Ew. too. Oh, God. That's the worst. Have you ever had someone? Well, yeah, I know you have, but like, uh, yeah. when with cold yeah, yeah. hands touch you. Mm-hmm. So I'll save my favorite two for the last ones, but okay. I have one more. Um, the there's supposedly like a, a very elusive elevator attendant, 
Hmm. Um, people have gotten in the elevator and have heard like, what floor can I take you to? That's so sweet. I know, right? Um, and then they said they've even seen like a hand like choosing the numbers. They said they haven't really seen him, but that, um, that if sometimes if you look in the mirror as you like exit the elevator, you can see a guy standing back there. No. that br- yeah. I hate that you can see ghosts in like reflections, but not in real like, life. physically. Yeah. Which is so weird because like Beatles just the opposite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Continue. Song. One of the one of the cooler um, stories. These are my my final two. The rocking chair is one of them, and it's in room three hundred five. So there's two haunted rooms right next to each other. Three hundred six is where those prostitutes were murdered, Mm -hmm. and three hundred five is where this rocking chair is. And um, apparently, it was featured on Unsolved Mysteries. But um, apparently, there was an old woman who used to lock long term board in there, and she could be seen like from the window, just kind of like watching. And like even now, they can see an old woman like sitting in the chair. Some people have seen the old woman, but more people have seen, like, the rocking chair just, like, start rocking on its own. Ew, no thank you. I could not. I could not see that rocking chair move. I would, I think I would actually cry. Mm-hmm. They've all, oh, best part yet. They've also heard knocking from inside the closet. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're like, hey, Alex, do you want to go stay in room 305? <laughs> I'm sure that sounds like a good number. I don't know, 306. <laughs> Could be. Sounds like... Yeah, that would more so scare him than me. I think that... The rocking chair would scare me more than anything. And that boy is such a heavy sleeper. I'd be like, Alex, wake up, something's happening. He'd be like, what? He'd be like, yes. Mm -hmm. I don't say anything. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. No. I don't... Anything that has anything to do with closets, you can count me out. And knocking. I yeah. don't like knocking. Mm-mm, nope, not here for that. I listen to... And like to... a chair... Oh, the rocking chair movement. Like, you just know she's in that chair. <laughs> Whether you can see her or not. I always tell my mom and dad whenever I get pregnant mm-hmm. in 26 years that I'm going to tell them that they're grandparents by giving them rocking chairs that say, um, Nana and Pops. Those aren't cute. Yeah, so... Don't let them die in it. They'll probably haunt <laughs> them is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, you guys inherit these chairs. Mm, I'm gonna burn them. Go on. <laughs> um, so, a little bit of background for this next story, which I think that you're gonna find just as terrifying as I do. Great. Um, because it it's kind of similar to the a whole Missouri State Prison thing. Ew. Okay. So, um, apparently there was a system of underground tunnels that led from um, like Arizona U- University and then through downtown Flagstaff. Okay. Um. It went to a bunch of different places, but apparently there was a, a very large fire that damaged Flagstaff in the 1900s, and there were a lot of Chinese migrants here, and the town, like, blamed it on them for having, like, weird cooking and clean, like, their habits for uh, that. Okay. You know, I guess, like, the only thing I can think of is, like, you know when everything's on fire in the walk? <laughs> That's the only yeah. thing I can think of. <laughs> I don't think they had those in the 1900s. Uh, yeah, 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 they did. They did not have a walk. Like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? A pan? Oh, mm-hmm. It's that big, like, round I know, I know pan. what it is, yeah. Okay. I forgot that's what it was called. <laughs> I was thinking of the happy walk down the street where the Chinese oh. food is. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have those. <laughs> I was like, oh, and they didn't have Chinese restaurants back then. <laughs> well, um, apparently it's rumored that, like, the Chinese used those tunnels after that happened okay. so that they weren't, like, ridiculed and, like, Oh, that's sad. Like, oh, right? Um, but apparently it's used for like storage and piping now, but apparent like before there were, it was used for, um, 
opium dens and moonshine distilleries and um, gambling machines. Oh. So lots has gone down in the tunnels of Flagstaff. Tunnels freak me out because, like, even if you think you know what happened in them, you don't, you don't know. know what happened and in then, them. And then, like, there's a bunch of tunnels underneath the Lent Brewery. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Which I know why those were there, but still. Well, they connected the home to they the brewery. That and, like, they served as sellers for, like, the beer and stuff. Yeah, Because yeah, it yeah. stayed cold. But they also had, like, um, their own personal stuff down there. Like, they had a pool down there and they had, like... God, well, how big are these tunnels? Lauren, they were huge. We <laughs> clearly... told you about them no, once. I know, I know, I know. We didn't touch on them, like, a ton, though. No, no, we just so briefed the over family. them, yeah. So, anyway, what's weird about that is um, they called this guy the Shadowed Man. No, I hate that. And they don't know who it is, but he haunts the basement. And they said that he has been spotted behind, like, several employees and delivery guys. Like, he just stands behind them, and he's, like, really super tall and really dark, like a shadow. And he... It's pretty. He feels menacing. Like, he feels like a dark spirit. And it makes people uncomfortable. And they think, like, this sentence says, perhaps he has emerged from the tunnel entrance in our basement after years of searching for a way out. Which, like, just kind of, same thing, like, how that, that big shadow, yeah. whatever that is from At Missouri State, State, just, like, kind of yeah. conjured up because of all the activity. And yeah, like, nope, don't like that. <laughs> I know. That's a no for me. So that, that one was one that I was like, ooh, I don't like that. And that's not even their Mm-mm. famous story, but that, that one I don't like. I don't know. So, yeah, that's my story. That's it? And we should, uh, we should visit. Where is this at? Flagstaff, Flagstaff Arizona. Arizona. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna look up how far it is. It's uh, we can put it on our um, spooky ghost trip. Yeah. Uh, what what if we still have never come up with a name for what we're gonna call that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I also want to go to that one. Um, and well, you were Savannah, Georgia. I want to go to because it's yeah, so yeah. haunted. But there's I want to go to New Orleans and Queen Mary. The Queen Mary. Yeah. Like it's so there's so many places. I'm definitely not gonna reach all of them before I die. So, guess what? What's up? I have a joke. Was the joke. What do you call a cleaning skeleton? Man, I can't ever guess these. The Grim Sweeper. No. <laughs> Did you say all? Yeah. Okay, I have another skeleton one. Okay, what's this? Okay. A skeleton walks into a bar and orders a beer and a mop. Because it just goes straight there. <laughs> yeah, that's Joey and told me that <laughs> joke one time, and I laughed so hard, like... I think the thing I love about corny jokes is I don't expect them to be funny. Yeah. So then when I find them funny, they like... Like, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, like, I can't stop finding them funny. (laughs) Anyway, you can follow us on Instagram at Hocus Pocus Bogus or Facebook and Twitter at HPB Podcast. And if you have any personal stories, please feel free to email them to us at Hocus Pocus Bogus at Outlook.com. Right? Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. We'll talk to you next time, you spooky friends. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs)